We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our guest today is Dave Raymond. Dave is a keynote speaker and thought leader on sustainable happiness. He's had a truly unique life and career as the original Philly fanatic, deemed the best mascot in all sports by ESPN. Dave's work has been featured everywhere from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon to ESPN. He now speaks to companies who want to leverage the power of fun message to motivate their teams. Welcome to ROG, Dave. Uh, It's great to be here, Shannon. I appreciate this format. Uh, I absolutely love podcasts. It just gives everybody an opportunity to tune into the things that interest them, and and it gives everybody a vehicle to get a message out. So uh, it's it's wonderful to be a part of that uh, that environment and and thrilled you're doing it. Yes, me too. And the fact that you are a Philly fanatic and... All these other great things is just amazing. So thank you for making time to be on the podcast with us. Tell us a little bit about you, Dave. Well, you know, to say that my life was framed by sports um, isn't quite uh, the level that I experienced. You know, my, my dad was a football coach, very successful. He was Tubby Raymond, head football coach at the University of Delaware. He was there for 50 years, Shannon. Um, at one place, he won 300 games uh, with some fabulous athletes, and uh, and he got inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. So football, Delaware football, wasn't a game. It was like oxygen to the Raymond family. And, and that was what I truly wanted to do. I wanted to go play football at Delaware. I wanted to coach like my dad. And um, because of a couple of funny twists of fate, and then also my dad's brilliance and guidance, he helped me get a job with the Philadelphia Phillies. And, you know, I was with them for, including the two years of internship, I was with them for 19 years. Um, and the Fanatic was born a couple of years after my internship. And I was uh, plucked out of obscurity to be the, uh, uh, to inspire and develop a, a personality for this lump of fur. And 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 the rest <laughs> was, uh, I, I guess, really some sports legend in history. And I was blessed to, uh, to have had that opportunity. Yes. And the best mascot in sports is quite a title to carry. What were some of the things that you intentionally wanted this Philly fanatic to be? Well, I, I had no clue what I was getting into. So I, I I lived and breathed the spirit of the Philadelphia fans. So, But when I was asked to do this with no really uh, no understanding of what skill sets I had and being tasked with something that was completely unusual and out of the ordinary and unique, my boss reminded me that I needed to have fun. Uh, And when that inspired me to go running out of his office with a gigantic smile on my face, he said, G-rated fun. Which, which in our universe today, we recognize how important it is to be correct in some of the things that we do. And then I went out and had fun and I, I fell down, n- not on purpose, because the costume, I hadn't really figured the costume out yet. And then everybody laughed and I went, oh, I, I, I should fall down more. Um, and I had the Three Stooges and, and Warner Brothers cartoons and uh, silent uh, comedians and nonverbal clowns and actors in my head. And I just pulled from all those things that made 
me smile. And I, and I slowly started to build and develop this personality that, that remains 43 years later, even after I left in 94. Um, and it was because of that instruction, that prime directive, go out and have fun. Uh, and the, the, in the beginning, when I didn't realize I had skill sets, I started to recognize I actually did have skill sets that were generated because of the influence of mentors and, and my mom, certainly. Um, and uh, I started to realize I was good at this. And um, that's what I love about the idea of generosity, because I, I was getting extreme generosity as feedback uh, and not understanding why, but just recognizing it really was making me feel good. Mm. So this power of fun, and I and I want to learn more about that from you because I think you are an expert in that topic. But before we move off of mascots, you've also played a hand and participated in the success of the living, breathing brand extension Gritty for the Flyers. So could you tell us a little bit about Gritty, the beloved Gritty in the city of Philadelphia? Well, I can tell you first, he wasn't beloved, but it was um, a lot of the a lot of the parts of my message for building on sustainable happiness go right to my clients about creating a valuable character brand. Because at the end, or as you said, a living, breathing brand extension. In the end, uh, this is a vehicle to be able to connect to your constituents, your fans, your future customers, your current customers, and your partners on a deep emotional level. So what else would be a better marketing effort that just goes out and seamlessly connects and connects on that level? So we're not we're not creating mascots, we are building character brands. So the flyers uh, followed this process that that you know I have developed for creating great marketing initiatives and that is you've got to be fearless, you can't be frightened of people potentially making fun of you or your brand, which is hard. You have to be committed uh, financially. You got to build a budget like, hey, we're creating something that's more valuable than our logo because we're creating a logo that you can hug, interact with, and have a relationship with. So we're going to budget the right amount of money to do this correctly. Uh, and then finally, we're going to be unique in its rollout. <laughs> You can click all of those boxes off with the flyers and gritty. They were fearless and they were looking forward to the negativity that I told them that they were going to experience. They said, we don't care. It doesn't matter. We're going to have fun with it. Um, and then we're going to be unique. And that's when their, their leader, I, you know, I consider myself to be a believer in how powerful unique can be. But when the leader kept saying, well, we kind of want to scare the kids a little bit. We still want them to love us, but we, I think we really need to scare them. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I learned something uh, with my clients all the time. This was a great lesson that they were, they were entrenched in that this was going to be unique, but it was going to be authentic to who they were and who they are today in terms of a sport and a team and in the city of Philadelphia. And you know, they to, to use a, a baseball analogy, they hit it way out of the park. It was a testament to the Flyers and a collaborative effort, but it is one of the ones beyond the fanatic uh, most uh, proud of, of being a part of. Yes. Oh, thank you for that background. And I think those three factors that you just mentioned are applicable to our own lives is, you know, how can we be fearless committed and unique. I think those are really uh, interesting considerations for our own brand in our organizations related to authenticity. It's, you know, and, and not to interrupt, but specifically, you, you hit on something that made me think um, the, the uniqueness in, in character branding is the, uh, the connection to real life is that there are times when we are trying to fit in and so that we don't celebrate how unique we are. Um, and that message, obviously, uh, if it's taken to heart, 
could change a lot of misunderstandings we have, whether it's race or gender um, or religious beliefs. Uh, if if we if we really truly love what's unique about us and are proud of it, um, and the vulnerability of being able to share it with without fear, I think vulnerability goes in with being fearless. And in essence, it's authentic storytelling for great character branding. It's the same thing we can do as people, and that also leads to the you know the power of fun as being you know, kind of an arrow in your quiver while you're doing this. Um, the, the power of fun is a tool, uh, like many other things that will help you on your journey to overcome and to thrive and um, and to celebrate who you are. Beautifully said. So on Twitter, you are the emperor of fun, Dave. <laughs> so tell us about the role that fun plays in your life and why that's so significant to you. Well, Well, first of all, I love that handle because it gives my wife, Sandy, uh, ammunition to knock me down a peg because I'll be I'll be complaining about the people in the airport that are stopping in the middle of the terminal. Don't they know I'm in a hurry? Okay, Mr. Emperor Fun, why don't you practice what you preach? So, and of course she's right. I One of the things I love about my messaging is that I need this more than anybody else. So when I speak about it, I'm reminding myself to, to continue to adopt and practice. It's really three simple lessons with a fourth lesson that's really powerful. Uh, Those are the acronym of the F-U-N of fun and then the power of distracting fun. And the power of distracting fun is when when I ask people, what does fun mean to you, Shannon? So let me me ask you and just whatever comes to your head, what is is fun for you? What do you do for fun? Hang out with my family, do anything with my family. So it could be a walk or skiing or riding bikes, a road trip, anything with my family. Right, and and most of those activities that you described are, are most likely done on off time. And that is in the realm of the known commodity of fun. Well, the next question would be, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, how, can fun, how can fun save your life? Because I think laughter and fun is a levity and it's good for your spirit and your energy. So it helps you to have perspective about things, which I think could help me save my life. Similar to gratitude, I'd put that in the same bucket. And so I would put you uh, on an evolved place on the continuum of understanding the difference between known fun and serious fun, which is where powerful fun resides. So you answered that eloquently and, and perfectly because I think you're in this you're in this uh, this category of understanding about mindset um, and, and being intentional about the things that you do that will benefit you, but benefit others. So uh, in, in, in asking those two questions, I start to get people to think. And, and we actually have a contextual model where it shows, you know, the known fun is off time. It's, it might be silliness described as silliness and, and fun things we do to inspire laughter um, and, and, be able to refresh ourselves. If you move over to serious fun, this is seriousness. It's serious, can be serious business. It has great benefits. It can help you, which in turn will help your family, which in turn helps businesses, which helps communities get better, and then ultimately taken to heart, it can make the world a better place. So in between those two areas is a doing gap. And we inspire folks to cover that doing gap. What I love about the contextual model is it starts at a smiley face, two eyes and a smiley face, known fun, unknown fun, and then underneath it is the smiley face, which is the which is the doing gap. Um, and, and that's the work that we do with our clients. That's the work I try to do with our audiences. 
When we come back, Dave will break down the acronym F-U-N. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you. When you visit quadpod.com, you'll see our shows listed by category, as well as average episode length. Find a new podcast at qodpod.com. The QuadPod Podcast Network. That's qodpod.com. And we're back with more from Dave Raymond, the original Philly fanatic, keynote speaker, and thought leader on sustainable happiness. So what is the acronym? How can you help us learn how to do this? Well, thank you. I appreciate the question. And the people that are listening will say, well, wow, that's simple. (laughs) Just like you get more bees with honey than you get with vinegar. Um, That's such an iconic phrase we probably have heard moms or maybe even coaches or teachers tell us that but we sometimes don't take it to heart because it's because it's simple and simplicity is defined as those things that are easily understood we have a tendency not to value them so f stands for a force that fun is and i want my audiences to just acknowledge the potential for that it it is a force and then once you value it because it's simple, we get it. But once you value it, then it really becomes powerful. U stands for universal, which I learned in performing as a Muppet at funerals successfully, that it works in places you'd never expect it. In, in fact, there is no place that it's not, that it does not work uh, when you engage, uh, you know, this powerful force. It works everywhere. And then The counterintuitive part sounds like a barrier, but N stands for no, which we describe um, fondly as the battle cry of the fun killer. It's not a negative. It just describes how leadership gets nervous about their people getting hurt. So we come in and are the way we win them over, say, wait a second, this is serious fun. We're experts. We've done this hundreds, thousands of times, and we're going to show you how it's done properly. So we get you from the known commodity of fun to unknown. It's serious fun. And there's tremendous ROI, not only for you as a leader, but for your people, and then bottom line benefits. And once the leader sees, okay, we're going to do this, it sounds a little different. Uh, it's counterintuitive, I guess. But if I'm going to experience ROI, well, let me try it. And then they become an advocate. Wow. Thank you for that. All right. So for force fun is, give me an example of how you use the fun in a business situation. Okay. So, so let's talk, let's talk about, um, the mindset of believing that fun is vitally important so that no matter what you're doing as a leader or, or as an employee, um, you're recognizing that in order for you to be productive, efficient, and successful, fun needs to be one of the things that you're doing with every project. And then how can we develop um, an environment or a process that everybody that gets connected to it will enjoy? And, and that is the element of the force of fun because that will supercharge your efforts because People see what you're doing, they're interested. Then when they get involved with you, they enjoy themselves and they walk away and say, wow, I appreciate where we're going, but I also like doing it. 
and it has to be designed to fit the situation. Um, and that's where you comes in. And then, um, you know, you need to have a plan. You need to say, this is where we're starting. These are the things we're doing. This is how fun fits in. I want to hear from everybody what they think might work as well. And then if we're successful, look at what we get uh, in return. And so the no part of it is the boundaries to keep people safe or the, like, tell, tell me more about what the no means. The no is probably the hardest one to understand. Um, but, but I learned it by, I'd walk into an environment, Shannon, after a number of years of experience with being, uh, of using the Fanatic to make an event better, no matter what it was. And I would meet the, the, the person who was running the event and she would say, um, okay, great. Really excited to have you here. Super the Fanatics here, David. Now look, when you come out, don't go over there. Don't talk to those people. Don't go on the stage and whatever you do, don't do this. Okay. I get dressed. As soon as I came out, I went there, I talked to those people, I got on the stage, and I did what she told me not to do. And, and I was successful in terms of the event was real. All the people that were there loved it, but this person, they were done with me. They, they sent back a bad report to the Phillies. You know, the Fanatic was great, but David was difficult to work with because he didn't listen to my direction. So what I learned to do was I, I, after I would get that direction, I'd say, okay, tell me why you don't want me to do this. And let me explain to you how, what I've learned, and maybe I can help you by doing those things appropriately. And then as I explained it to them, they went, oh, that's good. I like that. Now they become a collaborator. And as long as they, you know, now this requires a leadership to trust and to appreciate the skill sets of their people. And that's, a, that's another story. That's where, that's, I think that's where you come in. Then they, they go, okay, what can I do to help? So now that person is also, well, you know what? I don't think I would do it exactly that way because this person is so-and-so and I don't want them to be offended. So maybe you do it this way. And then I go, oh, great. I'm glad you told me that. You're right. I'm going to do it this way instead. Perfect. So now we're collaborating. They're sharing the individual uh, specifics so I can start on the fly, customizing to fit the event and the people there. Uh, so this is the same thing. It's It has to be a collaborative effort and then what the payoff is. Uh, where's the comedy? Where's the humor? What are we learning from it? How is it making our event better? How is it making this project better? Then you listen and then, then you start, okay, this we're gonna use the force of fun. It's gonna work here that you wouldn't have thought, but now that we've talked about it, you know it's gonna work, so let's go. Mm. Oh my gosh, thanks for breaking that down for us with that real life example of, how you could co-create and collaborate to figure out which boundaries are firm and which are gray or where you could surprise and delight people by doing something unexpected, which is what it sounds like you were trying to negotiate for. So I'm curious to know like when an organization would leverage your support and how you've seen companies bring fun into not just an offsite, but more like the day-to-day -day operation of the place? A, a great question. So I, I would say that in the initial phase of me understanding this message and starting to test it out on folks, and and I'd, all, I'd been speaking in front of people for 30 years. I just kind of went in and said, yeah, this is the Fanatic. It's really an amazing job, and I'm having a great time, and don't you love the Fanatic too? And ask me questions, and that's what my, that's what my presentations were. And um, about... Uh, probably in 2008 when we created the fund department, which is a company that's still active that was a team building company. 
I was required to come in and say, why are we doing this? Why is this valuable? We're going to do power of fund, personal power of fund plan training. And guess what? It's just for you. It's, we're going to, they're going to be talking about you at home, you and your personal life. And they're going to give you a tool that's going to make you better. And we've done that because people are expecting to say, hey, we want you to work better. We want you to be more productive. We want you to keep you here. But the biggest thing is we want you to know we care about you. So that's our, that's our lever point. So we, we do all this work, but we know the secret sauce is in. They're going to go, oh, wait, we can do this at work too. And we give them an inventory. There's, there's, there's workshopping that we do. Uh, there's a lot of work they do on their own, and then they report back to us, and we guide them through. And at the end, they stand up and say, this is my personal power of fun fl- plan. This is what I'm committing to, 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 to be a better person, to build sustainable happiness in my life. What happens is when they do that, they'll all say, and by the way, when I come to work, I'm going to do it here as well. And then they effectively help that start to grow inside the company. So that's our promise. We want you to tell them because, and that's the way we'll work with them, we want to help them as people. People that take this to heart will make a better family, and then they'll make better companies by their work with the companies. And then it's communities and the world, just like the generation we're building today. It's about building a safe space so somebody who's completely different than me can go, well, well, this is who I am, this is who I feel I am, and this is why I'm this way. And then I share to them how... Uh, maybe that makes me uncomfortable or I don't understand, help me. But it's in a safe space, so I'm allowed to say those things. And it's not offensive because we've set the space up to say, we're going to talk about these things and it's okay to say you don't understand. And the result will be, I do have some understanding now and I'm more accepting. And and that's the beauty of this. I, I think rather than just being good at work, I mean, about being great in your life, it's it really is an amazing transformation that could Take hold. I think it's so profound how you're talking about that it ripples out from the individual. So the individual in their personal life and their family and then their community and now them in the workplace and how that cascades out to the world. So it really is making the world a better place by focusing on each individual. And I would imagine that when you have that strength, it can help you be resilient and strong through even the darkest times in life. So a favorite motto of yours is tell me something good. Why, what's the relevance in your life, Dave? Well, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great intentional activity for me. Uh, but the purposeful part of it is, if you say, how are you doing? Especially when times are difficult for somebody or for the world, right? Say, how are you doing? Uh, goes right to the talk about the pandemic and how it's how they're working hard at it, but it did this to me. Did, and suddenly the conversation becomes more negative. If you say, tell me something good, it, it's making the person turn that negative brain bias that's wired into their brain. They need to turn that off and they need to focus on an answer that's totally positive. And then the ensuing conversations will always be better. And they'll be leaning back and they'll be looking up in the air and then they'll go, oh, I just had my first clean cancer screen, which is actually what someone said on stage. And we're like, oh my gosh, why did that take you so long? Well, I think it goes back to the point you made earlier about sometimes the most simple things are the most overlooked and how we have to practice the basics. And this is a beautiful thing for all of us to pull into our lives is to practice asking people to tell me something good and 
re rewire the brain. So Dave, thank you for being who you are in this bright light. Where can people find you? Uh, they can go to DaveRaymondSpeaks.com. Um, I authored a book that really tells the details of how I discovered this uh, process. It, we do a lot of um, virtual connections as well, obviously, in this world. Uh, and it it shows the process on how you can process and how you can get us to come speak for your group and and what the results will be. And and I would love them in the contact form to maybe tell me something good. Uh, so it's been, yes. it, that's where they can reach me, DaveRaymondSpeaks.com. Yes, and pick up his book, The Power of Fun by Dave Raymond and get those tips. And you can sign up for all kinds of things on his website. He's got some trailers and you're, you're active on social media. So please check him out there. And I will put URLs in the show notes for easy access. So Dave, thank you for bringing that joy and happiness to us. You know, I've heard it said that some people are headlights people and some are taillights people. Some people you're happy to see them coming and some you're happy to see them going. And you are a headlights person because you bring the light and you're somebody that we look forward to seeing all the time. It's been absolutely my pleasure. I, I enjoy talking about this as you can imagine. Thank you. ROG Takeaway Tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Dave shared so many interesting perspectives. One is about character brand. Think about that for yourself. In 2022, how will you be even more fearless, committed, and unique? These considerations are worthy of our attention. And when in doubt, think of gritty. So let's work through the application of F-U-N in our own lives. F stands for force fun. Dave said that in order for us to be productive, efficient, and successful, fun needs to be something that we bring into every project. So think about a project you're working on right now. How can you intentionally add more fun to it? How will you make space for the experience of fun? Sometimes our meetings and programs are so jammed with content and rigid agendas. How can you loosen it up a little to allow for organic conversation and meaningful fun? You means universal. You need to have a plan and make sure that everybody's involved in contributing to what fun means for this project and team. Say, this is where we're starting. These are the things that we're doing. This is the end result that we're looking for. How can fun fit in? How can you get input from everybody on what they think might work well? The N stands for no. What are some elements that people are not expecting? Or what will enable us to have a great experience, but that's not totally conventional while still being safe and healthy? As an executive coach and team facilitator, I have the privilege of helping develop the leadership pipeline at ESPN. I lead a program called Cornerstones of Leadership. So I want to apply F-U-N to that model. Number one, F, forced fun. What elements will specifically focus on fun? In the virtual world, it's essential for us to create engaging ways to have fun from our own homes. We begin each meeting with a two-word check-in, something we're grateful for, an emoji that describes how we're feeling right now, a picture's worth a thousand words, two truths and a lie. Whatever tools we use, they are fun on purpose. Number two, universal. Every team is different. Each has a construct with individuals with unique ideas about fun and levity. 
One group in the recent past with ESPN shared what snacks are guilty pleasures for them. The universal favorite, Albanese gummy bears. I had the addresses for each participant to send them their Cornerstones of Leadership packages for the program. So for graduation, I sent each of them a graduation card with a small packet of Albanese gummy bears. They love them. The third piece of FUN is N, no. What are things that we don't often talk about at work? Salaries, promotions, stakeholder management, racism, bias, negotiations, being financially literate. So during this program, we talk about all of those topics and whatever else is on people's minds. We create a safe space to open up the floor to all important topics. It's not laugh out loud fun or known fun. It's serious, life-saving fun, like Dave described at the beginning of the episode. If we never allow certain topics into the conversation, how will we ever learn? So next time you're planning a project, initiative, program, intentionally make it F-U-N fun. Figure out what that means to the majority of the people so it's universally fun and break some of the conventional rules thoughtfully and in participation with HR and legal so that you can create a memorable and meaningful experience. Join us next week for Sabrina Bailey, Global Head of Wealth Solutions for the London Stock Exchange. Until then, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.